Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is slowing our minds. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes or pick up your knitting needles and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, we're going to be totally honest. <laughs> Partly we chose this topic because neither of us could focus on anything else. Totally. Both of us have crazy racy minds right now. A million things going on and a million things to think about. So we decided let's just lean into it. Yeah. And let's talk about what do you do when your brain is going crazy and you've got 5,000 things that you want to be thinking about or doing or should have done and juggling all the balls in the air, everything, mm-hmm. and circling the plates, and the dog needs a walk. Ah! Mm-hmm. What do we do in those moments? What does our faith have to do with it, if mm-hmm. anything? How do we handle it? Mm-hmm. Now, I have some go-tos of things that I typically do. Yeah. Some of them, however, not feasible. I okay. mean, when you came running up to meet me for the podcast taping, yep. I was knitting. Yeah. Which is something many people like to do, something to keep your hands busy, let your mind go. Yeah. A rhythmic thing to bring some order to chaos. Totally. And I spent about an hour and a half, two hours crocheting last night, finished another project, which feels fantastic mm-hmm. and is just a really lovely way to find stillness during the day. Yeah, except the times that you have forgotten to have a project on hand, or, <laughs> or five, as some of us do. <laughs> or you don't have time to pull those projects out. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes it's not feasible to go to that kind of an activity if you're in the middle of your work day or you're in between activities and you're just finding five minutes. Maybe you don't have time to pick up and, you know, any kind of self-soothe in that way. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other techniques that you use? I adore yoga, mm. but again, not something that's imminently portable, although we do tend to spend a lot of time in yoga pants these days. <laughs> Still not the same. Right. No. And I know my husband meditates. It's not something that calls to me, Yep. but it's something that he finds a lot of help with. Yeah. And there are some really beautiful apps out there for those mm-hmm. kinds of things, different meditation guides. At one point in time, I had a a mindfulness bell that would just randomly ring throughout the day. Oh, I think that would drive me crazy. So it wasn't something that every hour on the hour I knew it was coming, but just every once in a while, randomly over the course of time, this would ring and then I would remember, take a breath. Uh Uh-huh. Be still for a moment. Recenter. Where are your feet? What color are the walls around you? Just try to refocus and recenter back into place and space rather than just the 5,000 running things in a head. Mm-hmm. That was useful for a time. Mm-hmm. I don't use it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's part of what we're getting at is there is no one right answer. Right. And that one right answer isn't going to work for everything anyway. Absolutely. And there's lots of different techniques and lots of different things that we can do And of course, it depends on if you're trying to find peace and stillness in the midst of your day or find peace and stillness for a week or a month. Mm -hmm. And how do you move forward in that kind of situation of finding peace and stillness in a bunch of myriad different ways? So meditation and yoga are brilliant techniques and awesome. 
crochet knitting crafting of any kind maybe miniature painting or gardening sure those are brilliant kind of meditative things where our bodies are involved another technique that is kind of one of those down and dirty nitty gritties in the midst of a moment when maybe you're having an anxiety attack or maybe your friend is or maybe you just know that you're not really fully present is square breathing okay So this is the practice of breathing in for a certain count, holding your breath for that same count, breathing out for that count, and then holding your breath there for that count. So you're walking around the square, and so maybe you start at three seconds, where you breathe in for three seconds, hold it for three seconds, breathe out for three seconds, hold that for three seconds, then breathe back in. And you start it short, and you build it up to like five or eight seconds per side of the block Mm -hmm. so that it slows you down and gives you something to concentrate on as you're breathing, Mm -hmm. which is right. Part of meditation practice is focusing on your breath. So this gives you something to really focus on as you're breathing. And again, there are apps for it where like the little graphic is doing the movement for you. So it shows you how long to breathe in and how long to breathe out. But that is one technique that can really be helpful to slow down Mm -hmm. and get yourself refocused. I'm often catching my daughter in moments where she's caught in a loop Mm -hmm. and she can't break free. Yeah. The tough part about this is she's young enough. She's not quite recognizing she's in the loop. And even if she does, many of the techniques that adults find helpful... She's not up to the square breathing quite yet. Right. And it's very hard to see somebody that you care deeply for caught in that and not be able to help them. Because there's a fair amount of this where you have to learn the techniques that work best for you. Totally. And that's really important, right? To recognize that what is going to work for you and your brain may not work for others. That's why there are so many different techniques of how to quiet your mind. Because there's a million brains, and so there's a million different ways to calm down Mm -hmm. and to find peace again. And so square breathing is an easy one to deploy even in the midst of a meeting. Sure. Because you can do it subtly and without letting everybody in the room know what's going on with you. But at the same time, it may be something that just doesn't work. Maybe you're not even able to catch that you're in that anxiety spiral in the moment. Yeah, totally. It's hard. With my daughter, it's often an emotional thing. Mm-hmm. With me, it's task bound. Mm-hmm. And I have to stop and start working a timeline. Mm. And I don't know if that's something that everybody else does or if it's uh, something that I have developed for myself. As a coping strategy? Sure. It could absolutely be a coping strategy, especially with task oriented brain fuzz. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier sometimes, even for those of us who aren't list makers, to go ahead and write down the list so that our brain fuzz can at least be somewhere other than just in our brain. Sure. And give it some substance so we can feel like we have a little more control over it. I think with emotions, it gets really hard because sometimes then our autonomic system just gets so triggered. Sure. And we get caught in such fight or flight that it's really hard to break out of that and that adrenaline rush. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we really have to find ways to do that kind of soothing, to do that kind of break out and recognize we're not in automatic trauma. We're not in danger. We might feel like we are and our body is reacting like we are, Mm -hmm. but that actually things are okay and things are going to be okay. And we're just got to slow down for a minute. 
And so it's hard sometimes, but sometimes it's best to like, just take a minute yeah, to excuse yourself and go to the bathroom and be still for just a moment. Look at the colors around you. Do anything to kind of reorient yourself into the space where you are. So look at the colors of your shoes, count how many cracks are in the floor tiles, anything to get you back and forth between the different hemispheres of your brain. Sure. Right. To like start coming back to where you are presently and then see if you can get that kind of nervous system reaction to calm down a bit so you can make different choices. Now, I say all that from like the chemical point of view. Mm -hmm. The reality is that even Jesus, when he would get overwhelmed, you hear over and over again in the Gospels how he went away to be by himself. Oh, I never really thought of it that way. Right? Because they'll have been preaching in these big, giant spaces and healing all these people and doing all this stuff. And then Jesus went away for time by himself to pray. Or Jesus went to the mountain to pray. Jesus sent his disciples on ahead of him so that he would go to pray. Jesus needed some me time. (laughs) Jesus took me time. Wow. I honestly never thought of him having an over moment. Right? So if we think about that kind of pressure, the pressure is really real. Even the Son of God experienced that kind of pressure. Sure. And we see in the Garden of Gethsemane, him having one of those moments. We get that insight into that moment. He's asked his disciples to come with him, but stay out there. And I'm going to go in here and I'm going to pray. I'm going to take some time to ground myself in what I believe and why I'm doing these things. And I'm scared and I'm frightened and I know what's coming, but I've got to find my grounding. And so he goes to the garden and he sets people away from him. And then he goes in and he prays. And the kind of prayer in those moments of, I don't want to do this. This is too much for me. We see in our scripture that even Jesus felt this way. This is not that we are broken. It's not that there's anything wrong with us, Mm -hmm. but that this is part of the human experience. So this kind of overwhelm, this kind of needing to step aside and step out of a situation is absolutely part and parcel of being a human being. And I think that we get caught in shaming ourselves for it. Oh, which totally. can totally start the spiral even more, right? In that super helpful way we have. Mm-hmm. But again, if we look to scripture and we see that all through our scriptures, we have these places where people step out of community, where people step towards some private space or people step into times of peace and prayer in order to recenter and refocus and kind of recalibrate <laughs> what mm-hmm. is good and what is true before re-entering into the work. So it's not a bad thing. No. This is okay to, to feel this way. It's okay to have a racy brain. It's just how we choose to respond to it that is what matters. Mm-hmm. So in addition to praying, as Jesus did when he needed some mm-hmm. time, is there something else that you would suggest for people who would love something as a way to calm down and take some time? There are lots of different ways to go about it. I think that If you're looking for something that is specifically faith-based, one of the benefits of a faith-based response to this question Mm -hmm. is the ability to think about how God is bigger. Sure. Right. And God is bigger than our problems. If you want to go VeggieTales style, God is bigger than the boogeyman, right? Sure. God is bigger than the things that are wrong or the work that is to be done. God's grace is bigger than your mess-ups. God's grace is big enough for forgiveness. And where I oftentimes in these hard moments find the most graces in the Psalms. Oh, that makes sense. I'll just send people back to the Psalms, right? And say, this is a place and space where all those big emotions and all those big things that you're feeling are represented somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And 
So to open it up and to spend some time and, and the Psalms will always name the anger or the joy or the fear or call us back to community or call us to trusting God, remind us of God's unfailing love. The Psalms are a way to name emotion and wrap it into our faith story and the reminder that God's grace is enough and God's love, God's unending love for us is big enough. And so if we can lean into those places and spaces, lean into that kind of a message, I find that that's one way of calming down. Do you specify ever? You seem to be having a hard time with X. You should take a look at Y. I haven't. Okay. I might be able to if someone came for it specifically, but I also trust the spirit a whole bunch. Sure. So I would probably, you know, if someone was saying, I'm really feeling anxious, I'm really feeling scared, or I'm really feeling overwhelmed. A book of the Bible is as much as you'll specify something. I'll just say the Psalms. Okay. Go to the Psalms and just start reading them, start scanning them, start seeing what happens. If it's not working for you, try a different translation. Sure. Because the Psalms especially change so much translation to translation because they're poetry. Sure. And so try a different translation, flip through them, see what comes up. But they're so rich and they are so full of speaking to a lot of fear and anxiety or rushing brains. And I don't know, I think that there's something beautiful about not feeling alone in that and knowing that these expressions come from more than 2,000 years ago. Yeah. That when Jesus was running away to go and be on his own, he was probably singing psalms. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. So th- this is a tool that even our Savior had. And so to lean towards that and to lean into that, I think, is just such a tremendous gift, especially against the racing brain. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. That brings me to my last question then. What do you do when all else fails? You've tried writing things down, (laughs) taking deep breaths, Mm -hmm. picking up and putting down eight different projects, Mm -hmm. books, whatever. Is there anything else? Or is that when you start leaning into prayer for heavily stuff? Well, I think that that's going to depend on individual people, right? Okay. For me, when all else is failing, I sing. Oh, that's (laughs) lovely. If all else is failing and I don't have the words anymore and I don't have any other way to find a way to calm myself down, then I start singing. And normally as I'm thinking through like what songs I'm singing, they're all based on psalms. Well, there you go. There you go. Like A triple recommendation. For me, that's where I go. I know that that's not necessarily what works for lots of other people. But for me, that active opportunity to engage my full body. I think there's something very important when we're locked in our brains to engage our full body okay, and to recognize our full-bodiedness. And so running or jogging or skating or singing or any activity. Oh, the number of times we've asked one of the children yeah. to go around the block. Yeah, right. Just get back into your body. Remember that you have a physical way of being. Mm-hmm. And so remembering that and then going from there into any kind of promise that it's going to be okay. The story is bigger than me. It's going to be okay. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about calming our minds. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and I pray for all of you for calm and peaceful minds in the week ahead. May you know that you are loved and that 
it will be okay one way or another. Ooh, and if you have techniques, please yeah. share them on Facebook. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Yes. Yeah. Let's see if we can make like a little resource conversation on Facebook. That'd be I awesome. I love it. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what. <laughs>